What a day for the Ohio State Buckeyes. An impressive win, 63-10 over Western Kentucky on Saturday afternoon at the Shoe. That is what it was supposed to look and feel like the last couple of weeks. And now everybody can take a big breath because with Notre Dame one week from today, the Buckeyes look like the Buckeyes to the rest of the fan base. Let's break this down, give you our instant analysis on Ohio State's lopsided big blowout win here in week three. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown, week three in Ohio State smash mouth victory. Or maybe I should say life is a highway kind of day because uh, Gary LeVox from Rascal Flats was on site at Ohio Stadium. Maybe that's a bit more appropriate as the Buckeyes completely bludgeon Western Kentucky with a five touchdown second quarter. Final score today, 63 to 10. Brendan Gulick and Anthony Meglin with you. Of course, we're streaming live on our Buckeyes Now YouTube channel. We certainly appreciate your support if you'd subscribe to this channel. We're part of the Sports Illustrated Media Group, and you can find all the latest news and info about today's game and otherwise over at BuckeyesNow.com. But on top of that, we know that there's a good audience that listens after the fact. That's fine, too. Just know if you listen to a slide, you can interact with us and drop some comments and questions in along the way. Anthony, that was, uh, I, I wouldn't call it flawless. There were a few moments that were, you know, uh, correctable. But Kyle McCord in particular in his first game as, you know, the guy, pretty darn good. 19 to 23 for 318 and three touchdowns. You'll take that every day. That's how it's supposed to look, right? That was uh, not only was that the right thing to see, that was so much fun to watch. I mean, those guys just going up and down the field looking like Ohio State football. And uh, uh, you got to be feeling good after that victory. I mean, it was doesn't care. I don't care who that's against. You know, when you look that good and, and that just complete. Um, I think that that's a, uh, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm definitely excited for the performance that the Buckeyes put together. I mean, the things that, that have been, you know, talked about around the fan base over the last several weeks, but certainly in the week leading up to this game, it's okay. Quarterback play. Now that you have a decision, he needs to go look like it. Check. Um, the offensive line needs to start figuring it out and not only give Kyle the time to throw the ball, but, be able to move the line of scrimmage a little bit and, and, you know, actually have a run game that's effective. Mm -hmm. I think largely today check, right. It, maybe it wasn't a perfect game, but all in all really solid effort in that regard. You know, your, your receivers did what they're supposed to do. Um, Ohio state, I thought was okay on third down. The defense was elite. They had eight tackles for loss, six pass breakups, two forced fumbles, uh, two, touchdowns defensively, including a pick six. Uh, there were two interceptions on the day. You know, I mean, if we're going to nitpick, maybe they didn't have enough sacks early on, but like, come on. I mean, all in all, it was a great day. It was awesome. And, and it looked the way it's supposed to, right? We, we came out of Indiana. We, were, you and I were talking and trying to find the positives. Like what are the positives that we can spin and what can we work on? You come out of Youngstown state. Ah, that didn't look the right way. It looked good in areas, but some areas, not so much. This was complete exactly what you wanted to look like against an opponent that you're supposed to supposed to do this to. Go back to Denzel Burke literally a week ago right now. 
saying that, hey, I'm not happy. We were supposed to beat Youngstown State, and we were supposed to, I think his direct words were, mug them. You know, I think we were supposed to get after them. Um, they didn't do that. But today they were the they showed that they were the better opponent. They showed Western Kentucky was the inferior opponent. And they showed that when you come into Columbus, this is what this is what's going to happen. You know, we're going to punch you in the mouth. We're going to be more physical. I think there were some things in Coach Day's press conference that led you to believe that, hey, this week in practice wasn't fun. You know, this was a physical week of practice with the emphasis on offensive line. You need to be better. Defense, you need to be better. Linebackers, you need to be better. You need to run harder um, and just physicality seemed to be the, the the name of the game this week. And it showed today. Um, it was just awesome to see from all levels. Yeah. There's going to be some things we talked about this. You and I did not going to be perfect, right? We're not, it's not going to be an a plus 100% scorecard, but this was pretty darn good. And it was that this is the way that it was supposed to look for Ohio state. Look, you know, you don't need to throw a perfect game every time you go play either. Right. I mean, the reality is, Football is is a team sport. You're going to have some individual mistakes along the way, and um, you find a way as a team to to make up for it. So, you know, when Kyle McCord missed a third down pass on the first drive of the game to a relatively open, maybe not even relatively. I mean, yeah, was, that's was just open, um, <laughs> and he missed him. And Ryan Day was po'd on the sideline when they cut over to him on camera, and he should have been. Um, you know, and to their credit, they they stepped up and said, all right, it's fourth down, we're going for it, let's make something happen, and scored two plays later. Um, that was that was maybe one frustrating moment. The the strip sack fumble, um, that was obviously a frustrating moment. But to Kyle's credit, the next series he goes out there and you know, right over the top of the defense, pops one in there and and um, you know, quickly strikes back. I mean, it's just like there were moments where I thought we saw Ohio State today look like the dominant team that we know they're capable of being because of the talent on this team. And I don't know, maybe it's just going to take a couple of weeks for them to get going. Maybe, I don't know, maybe six or seven weeks from now, we look back on the beginning of the season and think, gosh, this is fun. Look how far this group has come. Look how well they've played. And, you know, by that point, maybe they've registered a couple of high quality wins. Um, Sometimes the joy is is truly in the journey, and maybe we've been a little too destination focused as a fan base, and it's time for Ohio State to enjoy watching a team go from where they were preseason to where they're going to end up. And I mean, and guess what? That's like that's what we've been preaching. Like footballs, football teams don't come together overnight. And yes, we would have loved in week one for them to come out and look like they did today, and then you're feeling good. But that's just not the that's not reality. That's not a, a real thing. It's not with Ohio State. It's not with any any program. Each program week by week is going to get better. And it is certainly a it's it is a journey. Look across the country right now. Alabama in a dogfight with Southern or South Florida. Georgia in a dogfight today with South Carolina. Like things happen to good teams and it's a long season. Um, one thing that I will say, I think. You know what you mentioned in a couple of weeks, we you know may look back on, on today and, and look back on the start of the season and, and you know, kind of look back on it fondly. I think uh, where this team turned is the strip sack. I think you're going to be able to circle that and be like, this was the this was rock bottom. This was the turning point because that is they talked about it in, in the post game, And I'm excited to get into the tape and break and see exactly what Coach Day was talking about. But it seemed to be from what he was saying. And what even Kyle said that it was Kyle's fault, you know, that something wasn't picked up and he didn't get the hop right. 
you know, he didn't hit his first guy, which would have been Marvin. Um, and, and Coach David speaks on it. Like, hey, when you miss your first hot, two and three aren't going to be open because that's the defense. They're covering those guys. So we have to we were supposed to throw it to one. Um, so it sounded like Kyle missed his opportunity uh, to make a completion, got the strip sack and went over the sidelines. And that's not a great feeling. However, five straight touchdowns after that. Five straight drives that ended in touchdowns, both with big plays and both with drives. Um, and I think you look back on that down the road, hopefully in the college football playoff in five months or three months when we're talking about it, we're like, hey, remember Western Kentucky when Kyle figured it out? Um, and I think it's right there because not only are you going to learn from that play, but we also learn how to deal with adversity. And we also learn how to respond when things don't go our way. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that is that was such a big deal to me, how he responded after that big turnover. Um, and I think it's huge uh, for Ohio State. There's some big moments in this game, and some of them were maybe more subtle than uh, than than folks realized. Um, I thought actually Brock Heward pointed it out on the broadcast, which I thought was really important. Um, I thought the completion on the little drag route on, I think it was like third and 10, the little drag route to Marvin Harrison. That was a throw that Kyle missed in week one against Indiana, and he hit it this time. And it's exactly the kind of of play you want to see a rebound from, but also from a, a schematic standpoint on third and 10, the Buckeyes had no tight ends on the field. It's four receivers and a running back. And to me, I look at what the strength of this team is, and I love Cade Stover to death. I want him on the field and, and all of that. But, like, I don't want additional tight ends on the field at, at, at the sacrifice of putting other receivers out there that you need out there. Um, line up with the shotgun, spread it out, because that's what you do really well, and go do it. And Kyle made a great throw, and, and when the Buckeyes were clicking like that today, they were basically unstoppable. Brennan, we talked about it maybe last week or the week before, but – you know, when your backs are against the wall, you want your best guys out there. And that just hadn't been the case in, in the, the weeks up to this. Yes, I think Kate is one of the best players on this team. But I think this wide receiver room is like super like elite. This is an elite, elite group. When it's third and ten, we need our best guys on the field. Um, and, and I think, too, from that perspective, that's some serious growth from play calling, um, you know, personnel perspective. But also, I think that's, so, that's growth for Kyle McCord. Um, hey, guess what? When it's third down. You can just give the ball to Marvin Harrison. You don't have to throw it 10 yards. You can throw it two yards, and Marvin Harrison's going to make a play um, or at least put yourself in position to make a play to move the chains. That's a huge deal for, for a quarterback because like, a lot of times, you know, we're pressing, right? It's third and 10, we're backed up. I have to throw this ball past the sticks. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you got to go through your reads correctly and let your playmakers be playmakers. I think that's a huge area of growth for him today. Trevion Henderson was really solid. 13 carries for 88 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Chip Trainum, five carries for 56 yards and a score. I'll tell you one thing. I guess I wasn't 100% sold on if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year, but it seems pretty clear cut right now that Mayan Williams is running back number three. Um, Trevion looks really good, and Chip Trainum has forced the coaching staff's hand to just – put the ball in Chip's hands because he's playing that well and he's such a versatile guy. Um, you need depth. I'm glad Mayan still gets touches. He had five carries today. Evan Pryor got in the game, which was nice. Some of that was because of the fact that that the um, you know the score got uh, quite a bit lopsided there late. But, um, you know, man, I, I don't know that I would have totally expected that Chip Traham would leapfrog Mayan Williams on the depth chart, and I think he has. And it just goes to show Ohio State's running back depth is uh, – 
you know, continues to be really impressive. Today on, on the ground as a team, 33 carries for 204 and three touchdowns. That's an average of 6.2 yards per carry. It's pretty darn good. That's what you like to see. And, you know, to that point, Kyle referenced it a couple times, and so did Coach Day. When you're able to establish the run, the rest of the game becomes much easier. Why is that? A couple of reasons. First of all, you're always in, in ahead of the sticks. I've talked about it a bunch. You're in second and manageable, and you're in third and, and certainly third and manageable, right? That's third and very short. Yes, there are a couple long ones, but when you can run the football, you're going to be in advantageous situations. Not only that, when you run the football, the threat is always there to run the ball. So that forces the defense's hand and forces them to adjust. That brings a safety into the box. That brings, you know, that brings them into different packages where maybe there's more linebackers on the field as opposed to defensive backs. And that allows Ohio State to control the, the flow of the game. And when you're in control of the game and you're not responding to what the defense does, the defense is responding to you, that's winning football. And you're able to do that because you established the run. And we looked last week against Youngstown State, averaging 3.9 yards a carry after that long run, that long Mayan, uh, or excuse me, Travion Henderson touchdown run. That's not it. That's, that's not good. That's not enough. That's not good enough. When you're averaging 6.2 yards a carry, uh, that's winning football. And that's Ohio State football. Look back, even in CJ's years, even in Justin Fields' years, they were running the ball at an incredible level. And that opens everything up down the field because you just can't. There's not enough guys. 11 guys isn't enough to defend a, a real Ohio State team. And you're finding that out right now that when everything's clicking, this team this team's really hard to be stopped. I'll tell you what's pretty impressive. 9.4 yards per play. If you lose a game where you are averaging nine and a half yards per play, your defense needs to be benched. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're never going to lose a game realistically when your offense is putting up those kinds of numbers. Mm -hmm. um, and look, you know, there, there were two defensive touchdowns today. So it's not like we had a nine offensive touchdown performance. Um, it, it wasn't a 600 yard offensive day, but Ryan day talks all the time. He said, I, I want, you know, 300 through the air, 200 on the ground and, and a 500 yard, you know, total. And that's exactly what they had today. Kyle McCord was 83% completion percentage. That's super efficient. Um, you know, the Buckeyes scored every time they got in the red zone, obviously didn't settle for any field goals. And defensively, probably my favorite stat of the whole game, Western Kentucky was three for 16 on third downs. It was basically two and out instead of three and out uh, when you're out there defensively. So I, I just um, – I give this team a lot of credit for, for playing with the edge today that they needed to play with. Uh, I don't want to over-celebrate a win over a team that you were favored to beat by 30 points, right? You were supposed to do this. Maybe you did it a little bit better than, than what the odds makers thought, but you're still supposed to beat a team like this handily. And, and you know, this game is all about, as we said all week, get right. Mentally get right. Physically get right. So that next week when you walk into South Bend and now we know college uh, college game day is going to be there, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. It's going to be nuts. You got to be ready to rock against a team that's going to have another really good quarterback. Brennan, I want to go back to one thing you, we talked about earlier this week. Um, you had asked Coach when you were down at the press conference, what is success against Western Kentucky? And he mentioned a couple of things. First, he wants his team to grade out as champions. I'd love to hear how the grades are um, later in the week, how the team graded out, what the players did, how they performed. Second, he said situational excellence, okay? So he, he referenced third downs, right? Ohio State today, 5 of 10 on third downs. 
in my book, that's a pass. Um, that's that's really good. Um, when you're when you're converting on five of ten uh, on third downs, that's that's doing a really really good job as an offense. And the third one, wait before I get there, you also add in two for two on fourth down. So add that in to, to that total there. And lastly, how did we do in the red zone? What was our success in the red zone? Well, today three for three, right? Three times in the red zone, three touchdowns. Um, he said that you at you asked him how do you quantify success this week? He laid it out and the team went and executed. That's exactly what you want to see. Add that to the 500 yards of offense, evenly split the way he wants it to. Uh, you know, with today being what it is, a win over Western Kentucky, right? That's not we're not hosting the national championship trophy quite yet, but it was the step you needed to take, um, staring down the opponent. Love seeing no look ahead. They looked great, and, and I think they accomplished what they needed to do. Yeah, and I think that's really important, right? It's not like you needed to take a huge step forward. Just take the next step. Take the step that's going to put you in a good position to go back and evaluate this week's tape and say, hey, this these are the things we wanted to work on. We wanted a more violent game. We wanted to be more physical at the point of attack on both sides of the ball. You did it. You're more efficient offensively. You did it. You got some big performances and some some fun moments in the game. That's great. But, um, you know, this felt like a pummeling. And the last two weeks when Ohio State maybe had some chances to do that, they, they didn't deliver that kind of, of punishment. Um, on the defensive side, Tommy Eichenberg, 10 tackles. Uh, Steel Chambers, eight tackles, one for loss, obviously the interception and a pass breakup. Tyleek Williams, who had the big fun – Fun little dance after he ripped a pile, uh, ripped a ball out of the pile and scored the touchdown. Uh, he had a seven tackle day, including a sack uh, and and that big score. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to continue to praise Denzel Burke, and for good reason. I thought Burke played great, but I actually want to point out Josh Proctor because I thought Proctor flew all over the field today, and considering he didn't play last week. And the hope was that he was going to be back and ready to go here um, without any issue, without any hesitation. I wanted to see him solidify that, you know, he can be that guy at safety that you can lean on. And he's still going to have some bad moments probably because he's so aggressive. But I thought Proctor played a great game today. Yeah. And I think that the steps that we're seeing in the secondary are just like so good. Like today was such a great opportunity for Ohio state secondary to be challenged in a way that they really hadn't been right. Western Kentucky made no bones about it. They were coming in, they were swinging as hard as they could had a number of, you know, went, we're going for on fourth downs where you're making, trying to make things happen, but they were throwing the football. They were primarily throwing the football, um, you know, having 39 attempts and really just challenging Ohio State secondary and making sure that they were on their P's and Q's. And I think that they passed the test really with flying colors. And that is what you need to do before going into next week, because guess what? Notre Dame's going to come out and they have an elite quarterback. They don't have the, the elite um, skill positions at receiver. I think it's more on the very good side. We'll get into that later. But you needed to understand like hey when we're challenged through the air we can make plays and yes like you said i think that it's a good point that hey sometimes um, proctor's aggressiveness may be used against them but that's i think in my opinion that's okay like if you're making a mistake at 100 percent and you're trying to make a play happen and you get beat i hey every single coach i promise you i swear every single coach will say all right fine we're going to learn from it, but you're not making mistakes being lazy on the back end or, you know, being too scared. You're making mistakes going forward. And so that will happen. Sure. But you'd rather see him playing like his hair's on fire and running around the field like he was today. 
Yeah, really impressive win, all things considered. Uh, and I thought it was the intensity, the effort, which were the you know the words that were used around the facility all week to try to get guys to lock in on just how hard you have to play to win uh, in an impressive fashion. Um, I thought it was evident. It was a really good day. It was against a team you were supposed to do that to. Now you heal up. And Ryan Day said in his postgame press conference, the uh, the prep for Notre Dame starts tonight. Usually it wouldn't start till tomorrow, but he said it starts tonight. So they are obviously taking seriously the chance to go to South Bend uh, in a game that's going to be a top 10 showdown with uh, two really good teams and two exceptionally passionate fan bases ready to have a little fun in South Bend. Yeah, there's two things that I want to say before uh, before we close up shop here. First is uh, in, in the press conference at the end, Coach Day was referencing her. He got asked a really good question. I forget who it was about, or excuse me, who asked it. Uh, but it, it was in reference to the offensive line and seeing them celebrate after not touchdowns, but after first downs and after big runs. And you could hear it. Coach Day said, hey, they were challenged this week. You know, they we put a challenge on them to become more physical, to move lines of scrimmage, and to be dominant in the run game. He goes, heck yeah, like I love that they're celebrating because they should be. We put we put the onus on them to to improve and get better, and they did that. So I was really liked what we what we heard from him on that front because you and I have talked at length about physicality being an issue and not being able to establish the run. So it's good to hear that he challenged them and they respond to the challenge. And the last thing I want to say, we won't spend a ton of time on it, but you and I were texting Austin Reed. Uh, He's a dude. Flowers to him. Uh, competitor, just scrap dog, like like the kind of guy you want on your side. Um, a great can throw the ball anywhere, but just dude's tough as nails, man. It's fearless. I I I loved watching him play. You know, there's an element of he's he's what was he like 23 years old or something? He's a he's a pretty mature kid. He's been around college football a long time. He's like clearly mine. wasn't phased by this, and you could see him on the sideline telling guys like, Hey, you know, you're a little too high here after we scored that touchdown, like get back down here and level this thing out because there's a lot of, you know, a long way to go. Um, I, you know, I don't know that I ever played with a guy who was quite like that. Um, but I, I love and appreciate his attitude and uh, I can see why his teammates love him. I can see why his numbers have been so good throughout his career. And um just imagine putting him on a team with some real boys. I'm not. I'm not trying to dog Western Kentucky, um, but you put Austin Reed on a team that's got some guys. I mean, he's a national champion. I know it's Division Two football at West Florida, but you don't stink if you win a national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he is showcasing at the FBS level over the last year and change now that he can really play. That kid was fun to watch. Yeah, and there's a saying that a lot of my coaches have used in the past that success has clues. Uh, to it and you look at a guy like that and yeah sure maybe a step slower or maybe you know a, you know a little bit left not as strong or whatever i i whatever i think he's a great player but he is just a competitor man and you can see how the guys respond to him um and that that's what that's what quarterbacking comes down to do the guys respond to you can you rally the troops and get them going and can you make plays and, and just play fearless like you said I just wanted to mention that before we go. You and I were texting about it. We kind of shared similar feelings. Guys like that really fired me up, man. It was, it was fun to watch him. It is fun to watch. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up. And um, the reality is I think you're going to see something similar next week when Sam Hartman and the Irish uh, try to take off Ohio State. And they'll do that in South Bend, Indiana. We can't wait to be there to, to cover that game for you along the way. But plenty to go uh, over the next couple of days, finishing our coverage from week three and and certainly as we turn the page toward Notre Dame 
here in week four, the first real test for Ohio State in 2023. They're going to go into that game with an awful lot of momentum after uh, an impressive win today. We'll see if they can keep it up. In the meantime, please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. That would be really cool. It's a great way to support the show. We appreciate that. And uh, if you're listening after the fact, know that we uh, we go live at 7 a.m. every weekday morning. Uh, tomorrow, I think our show is going to be a little bit later in the day. Uh, I haven't exactly figured out what time, but uh, if you go back to our channel page, just hit the notification bell and you'll know exactly when we go live. Uh, we'll, we'll give you some more uh, analysis on this game after we have a chance to uh, digest the tape a little bit and, and figure out some of the things that uh, we haven't touched on today. So uh, that'll wrap up our instant analysis show after a big win for the Buckeyes, 63-10, to 10, Ohio State 3-0. They got a chance to go 4-0, as Urban liked to say, and uh, it's on to Notre Dame week coming up soon. For Anthony Meglin, I'm Brendan Gulick. See you over on BuckeyesNow.com real soon.